For this Pride Month, we should go to the Bible to see what it has to say about pride. Romans 1, 18-32 has a passage about how no one is perfect and everyone is guilty of sin. Within that passage, it also specifically talks about homosexuality. So it will give you the exact feelings of God about it. And it also talks about other sins. Um, So it'll tell you about that as well. We must remember that even though certain people try to make one sin or one way of being less or more important than the other, when God talks about the things that he wants us to do and the things that he doesn't want us to do, right? We have to actually know that sin is not doing wrong, right? That a lot of us have in our mind is sin is doing wrong. Sin is being bad. What sin actually is, like the actual definition of sin, is doing what God says he does not want you to do, right? So in some instances, God might tell you something specific, and in general, it's not a wrong thing to do, right? And and just in the grand scheme of life, like if you did it and God didn't tell you specifically not to do it, it wouldn't be wrong. But because God gave you a, a direct order to do something or to not do something, if you go against it, you have then sinned. That's what sin is, right? So every sin, except blasphemy, is pretty much on even territory, right? A lie, God tells us not to lie, right? A lie is the same as murder. He tells us not to murder, right? In our world, we put more weight on the murder than we do on the lie. And so it's a whole bunch of people running around lying left and right, you know? Tell lies every day, all day long, and they think it's cool. But lying to God is just as weighty as murdering someone. Right? So anything God tells us not to do is awful. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. Adam and Eve simply ate a piece of an apple. They didn't eat the whole apple as far as we know. They took a bite of it. And that caused the whole world, every single human being from then on to be fallen. Eating an apple is not bad. But because they ate the apple, or actually, huh? I'm falling into the trap as well. <laughs> Adam and Eve didn't even, we weren't told that they ate apple, right? A lot of us think that they ate apple because when we are told the Bible story, they show a picture of an apple in the in the book, right? The Bible tells them not to eat the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It doesn't say apple. So that is actually a little sneak peek of how we can be easily deceived but Adam and Eve ate a piece of the fruit from a tree that God told them not to eat from. And that cursed all of mankind. So that is like a awesome example of how sin is simply doing what God tells you not to do. Or not doing what God tells you to do, right? So in Romans 1, 18-32, Apostle Paul is speaking to the Romans He's telling them that every man has sinned. Every man has done something that God has told them not to do or hasn't been obedient when God has told them to do something. So he, in this passage, is breaking down what's ha- like why he says that. All right? So it is always wise to be as informed as possible 
about your decisions and about what you do in life in general, about life in general. So I'm going to read to you what the Word of God has to say. And then it's it's up to you. It's always up to you to think about it, decide how you want to incorporate it um, in your life. So God does not desire to force anything on you. Your will is your own. As a pastor, I've heard said it. God is a gentleman. He doesn't force us to do anything, right? Always remember that. Society, Satan, they definitely force stuff or they try their darndest to force agendas and ways of being on us, right? But God doesn't operate that way, right? Um, So God's job, Jesus's job, the Holy Spirit's job, any disciple of God's job is simply to make you aware of God's opinion so you can make your own informed decisions. And before I read this and before you go into defense mode, I'll warn you, it'll get a little harsh sounding, but right? But just keep in mind that the only perfect person to ever walk the earth is Jesus Christ. So this isn't about labeling someone as or shaming someone as a sinner because every person has sinned. So we are all sinners. Plus, remember, God informs us why not to shame us. It is not in God's character to shame anyone. He is in the teaching business. He is not in the shaming business. So when God tells us something, when God reveals something to us, it is not to shame you, to put you down, to make you feel bad. When God reveals something to you, whether it be through the Bible, whether it be through someone like me who was telling you something that perhaps you didn't know, perhaps you didn't remember, right? It is not to hurt your feelings. It is not to make you angry. He is revealing it to you so that you can be aware. And then you can then, from what you have learned, start making the right decisions and stop making the wrong ones, right? All right? So, in life in general, since we all are sinners, the goal is not to stay the same, to stay in our ways. The goal is to learn and learn and learn and learn about God's will, what he wants us to do, and to do better, right? We have to recognize when we need to make a different decision. So we need to pay attention to what it is that we already do, right? And then we need to change according to God's word. How do we know what God wants? We have to read the Bible, right? So right now, I'm going to read to you Romans 1. 18 and 32. And this is the CEV version of the Bible. So this passage is titled, Everyone is Guilty. From heaven, God shows how how angry he is with all the wicked and evil things that sinful people do to crush the truth. They know everything that can be known about God because God has shown it to all of them every single person. God's eternal power and character cannot be seen, but from the beginning of creation, God has shown what these are like by all he has made. That's why those people don't have any excuse. They know about God, but they don't honor him or even thank him. Their thoughts are useless 
and their stupid minds are in the dark. They claim to be wise, but they are fools. They don't worship the glorious and eternal God. Instead, they worship idols that are made to look like humans who cannot live forever and like birds, animals, and reptiles. So God let these people go their own way. Look at that. God's a gentleman. He's not going to force you, right? He'll let you do your thing. He let these people go their own way. They did what they wanted to do. And their filthy thoughts made them do shameful things with their bodies. They gave up the truth about God for a lie. And they worshiped God's creation instead of God who will be praised forever. Amen. God let them follow their own evil desires. Women no longer wanted to have sex in a natural way, and they did things with each other that were not natural. Men behaved in the same way. They stopped wanting to have sex with women and had strong desires for sex with other men. They did shameful things with each other. And what has happened to them is punishment for their foolish deeds. Since these people refuse even to think about God, he let their useless minds rule over them. That's why they do all sorts of indecent things. They are evil, wicked, and greedy as well as mean in every possible way. They want what others have, and they murder, argue, cheat, and are hard to get along with. They gossip. What is gossip? Talking about other people, especially when they're not in your presence, right? They say cruel things about others and hate God. They are proud, conceited, and boastful. What? What is this month called? Pride month. They are proud, conceited, and boastful. See, the devil is slick, right? He does stuff that for sure counters what the word of God says, but because we don't read our Bibles, We don't know what the word of God says, so we don't catch what he does, right? He does a lot of hiding in plain sight type of stuff, right? This is called Pride Month. What is it saying? They are proud, conceited, and boastful, always thinking up new ways to do evil. He's telling you that he's trying to get you to go against God. It is Pride Month, right? These people don't respect their parents. They are stupid, unreliable, and don't have any love or pity for others. They know God has said that anyone who acts this way deserves to die, but they keep on doing evil things, and they even encourage others to do them, right? Why do they deserve to die? Because the Bible says the wages of sin is death. So they're just echoing something that they said earlier. So what does that mean? When you don't do what God says, and when you do what he tells you not to do, it will lead to death. Sometimes it will immediately lead to death, 
Sometimes it will eventually eventually lead to death, but it will lead to death. What did God tell Adam and Eve in the garden? Don't eat from the tree, right? Or you will surely die. Did they die right away? Did they like physically die? Did they pass away as soon as they took a bite of the fruit? No, they still were alive. But something in their soul, something in their spirit died. And they were cut off from paradise. Right? So you will surely die. Sometimes it, it, it manifests itself as you're going to be dead, like your body will die. Right? Other times it manifests as you will be cut off from blessings and God's protection and God's provision. And you will leave yourself open to attacks from Satan and his spirits, right? What does that look like? Maybe you'll get sick. Maybe uh, you'll be very prideful and angry. Maybe you'll feel sad and depressed all the time, right? But you will be left open for attack because you are living in a way that God actually, either a part of me told you not to live like or you're living in a way that is not what God told you to do, right? It can go either way. And what does the last part say? They keep on doing evil things, and they even encourage others to do them. What is Pride Month? It's basically a huge advertisement for a lifestyle that God is telling you specifically not to live. Right? It's an advertisement. It's like, look at this. We're having fun. Life is good. You should join us. Be our ally. Be part of the lifestyle as well. Celebrate with us. Celebrate these things that God is specifically telling us not to do. There's a lot of people out there that says, God doesn't say you can't be a homosexual. The Bible says this and this and this. But the Bible also says, that there will be a lot of false prophets in the end times. And what are the end times? I've been hearing, oh, the end times are coming since I was little, right? Well, the end times are actually already here. And the end times started with the crucifixion and ascension of Jesus, right? Since then, this has been considered the end times. And it will la it lasted, well, it will last, pardon, from then, the ascension, all the way to the events of Revelation. That whole thing is categorized as the end times. So the Bible says, in the end times, there will rise up a ton of false prophets. What is a false prophet? It's a liar, especially a person who is claiming to speak the word of God, but they're either adding to or taking away from what God is actually saying. That classifies you as a false prophet. Bible says, do not add to or take away from scripture. It specifically says that. So in these end times when people are trying to convince you that it's okay to live a homosexual lifestyle, that God is fine with it, that the Bible doesn't say anything against it, right? That it's out of your control. You can't do anything about it. They are false prophets. And I don't care what their reputation, title, position. I don't care if they're a pastor of a mega church. I don't care if they've been pastoring for 60 years. If they're telling you that it's okay, then they're not telling you what God says. And they are a false prophet, right? You have to watch out. 
You are responsible for yourself. Once you know better, you have to do better. And you are accountable for now, for what you now know. If no one told me not to touch fire because it will burn myself and I burnt myself, you can't be like, well, that's what you get. You shouldn't have touched the fire, right? Because I didn't know. But once someone says, don't touch fire, it's hot, it will burn you, you will get hurt, and I reach out and touch the fire, guess what? It's kind of what I get. I was informed, and I did it anyway. Once you know better, you are now responsible for what you know. You are now in the position where you will be held accountable for what you know. You cannot claim ignorance as a defense any longer. Right? So we can see in the scripture, Romans 1, 18 and 32, and I encourage you to go read it for yourself. Read it in all types of translations so you know exactly what it says, right? But we can see exactly what God feels about people's sinful nature in general and the, the section about homosexuality. We can see exactly how he feels. So the next time someone says, to be a homosexual it's not a sin, not something that goes against God's will. You know for sure that that's not true, right? He didn't say it in a way that was mysterious, that was coded, that was hidden. He explicitly told you how he felt through the Apostle Paul in that scripture. It's not open for interpretation, right? So when you think over what you just heard, look at it from different viewpoints. It's always wise to take something you learn and look at it from different angles, not just from how you feel about it or, or, or how it touches your life. Look at it from different viewpoints. Think over what you're doing, over your past and current experiences. And think about what Scripture says in regards to, to how you're living your life, right? Compare how you're living your life to what Scripture says. Think about what that passage of scripture made you think about as you heard it. Or think about what it makes you think about when you go back and read it for yourself. What emotions does that scripture make you feel? Are you feeling, feeling pardon, convicted? What does conviction feel like? Conviction is like that, I don't want to say guilty feeling, but that's what most of us label conviction as when we have that like this type of feeling of guilt right like we do something to somebody and we know we did it they don't know we did it nobody knows we did it but we got this like this feeling of guilt that's actually the world calls it guilt but the bible calls it conviction you have this heavy feeling that you've done something that isn't right so are you feeling convicted when you hear the words in that scripture are you feeling that, oh, I hear what God says, but I really want to do what I want to do? Like, or I hear what God says, but I've been doing it so long, I don't know if I can stop doing it. Like, is that even an option for me? Can I stop? Can I stop and live my life differently now after all these years? Right? Does this bring up painful memories or shameful memories? A broken heart? mistreatment, abuse, exploitation, rejection, neglect? Does it make you think about those type of things that have happened to you in your life, right? 
God's word has something to say about absolutely everything that we feel and every experience that we could possibly go through. We heard what his word had to say about sin in general and homosexuality specifically. But if what you learned made you feel a way, may I suggest that you see what God's word has to say about how it made you feel. Go get you a Bible with a concordance. If it made you angry, go look up anger. If it made you sad, go look up sadness and read the scriptures about it. Right? If it made you confused, go look up confusion and read the scriptures about that. Right? Think about how what you heard made you feel. And then go look up those feelings in the Bible. Go farther with God. Don't let your emotions about what you heard stop you here, right? That is not the point. Like I said, God is not in the shaming business. Satan is in the shaming business, right? How is shame different from conviction? Conviction is you feel this heavy feeling about what you're doing because God's trying to encourage action in you. He's trying to make you aware that "Eh, this isn't what I intended for you to do. And I need you to go, if you don't know what you're supposed to do, go go read it in the Bible so you can figure it out and then do that. Or if you do know what you're supposed to do, just stop what you've been doing. Stop what's making you feel convicted and then do what you know you're supposed to do. Shame, on the other hand, is different. Satan likes people to feel shame because shame is like a state that wears you down, wears down your defenses, and it makes it more easier for him to attack you. Shame is like the feeling of conviction, but it's not for your betterment, right? It's not to to make you aware that something's wrong and to do better. The point of shame is just to make you feel bad, period. It's just there to, to make you feel awful about what you've done, and that's his only purpose, right? So remember, this is not about feeling shame. It's about recognizing conviction, understanding God's will. What is God's will? What God is telling you he wants or what God is telling you he doesn't want, right? And to go and live your life in a way that is pleasing to God. We also must remember the Bible tells us to test Everything, except for it says, don't test the Lord your God, right? But other than that, it says, test everything. Don't blindly accept anything that you think, right? Did you know every thought that you think isn't even your own? The way the devil works is he has the power, the ability to plant thoughts. Him and demons, unclean spirits, they have the ability to plant thoughts in your mind. Thoughts that you think are your own thoughts, right? They can't read your mind, which is interesting, but they can put stuff in your mind. So don't accept everything that you think. Just because you have a thought, it doesn't even mean that it's your own thought. See what I mean about God doesn't force anything on us, but Satan (laughs) does. How does he force it on us? He forces it on us by planting the thought in our minds. And we, being ignorant of how the spiritual world works because we don't read our Bibles, We think it's us thinking that, right? So don't blindly accept anything that you think, anything that you feel, right? The Bible says feelings are unreliable. 
nor anything that you hear, see, or experience. Test all of those things. Test what you think. Test what you feel. Test what you hear and see and experience. This includes what you hear from me, right? And this includes what you tell yourself. Test it all. I want to be held accountable, accountable, because what I don't want to be is a false prophet, right? So even when you hear stuff from me, go to the Bible itself and see what God has to say about it. Because if I speak in error, I'm going to immediately apologize. I'm sorry, it's not, I did not mean to do that, right? Because I have no desire to add to scripture or take away from it. So see 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 19 through 22, and 2 Timothy chapter 3, 16. Because it tells you, test everything. Don't just take what people have to say. And why? Why should we use the Bible as this, this source of truth, right? So do not be deceived and harden not your heart. And allow God to lead you, love you, and hold you close as he desires to do in Jesus' name. Speaking God's truth in love always. Signing off today. It's not a contradiction, it's a clause.